0: Good morning church happy New Year or as I used to say it happener some of you probably understand that better happener my wife corrected me and said no no it's new year they're two words so happy new year you know with the new year what do we have every year what comes along with new year what resolutions and I asked my family, what are your resolutions this year? And again, my wife corrected me, and they said, no, no, they're goals. My wife corrects me quite often, as you can tell. They're goals. I said, you know what? Yeah, yeah, they are goals. There's, there's purpose. There needs to be purpose. As a matter of fact, if you go to the Aranda household, you'll hear this from me quite often in the morning, either to my wife or to my, to my kids. I ask them this. What is the deal for today? What is your plan? What you got? See, we need to wake up every morning and have a purpose, have a goal. I've told my kids time and time again, do not wake up in the morning and be like a helium balloon just floating wherever the wind takes you. Oh, I'm gonna do this now. Oh, you know what, I'm gonna do this now. No, 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 purpose, goal, a mission. We all need to have that, missions. See, my mission as a father for my kids is to raise them up to be God-honoring men. That is my mission. That is my purpose. I want them to grow up to be God-fearing men, lovable, God-fearing husbands, and to be productive in the society. That is my mission for my boys. And how do I achieve that mission? It's a vision I have. I discipline them, I set guidelines, that is the vision. I tell them, don't wake up every day and float like a helium balloon, have a purpose. See, a vision accomplishes a mission. We all need to have a mission, and we need to have a plan, a vision, how to accomplish that mission. If you look around our community and our world, our society, companies have both a mission statement and a vision statement. What is a mission? What is our purpose? And what is our vision? How are they going to accomplish that purpose? And guess what? Here at Grace Bible Church, we have a mission and a vision. And let me share with you what our mission is, and I hope you've seen this before. Here's our mission. is to lead our city into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. That's why Grace Bible Church exists. Jesus gave his apostles at the very end before he ascended into heaven the Great Commission. A mission. Go and make disciples teach everything that I've taught you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Share the gospel to the end of the earth. And then I love this, and I will be with you to the end of the times. That is the mission that God, through his son Jesus, gave his church. That is our mission, to share the gospel. And what do we want to do? It's to plant churches throughout our city so people can hear the good news. It's not about a building. It's about making disciples who make disciples who are able to teach and baptize others in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is our mission. But how are we going to accomplish our mission? What is our vision? This is the vision of Grace Bible Church. We exist to glorify God by living in relationship with him through Jesus Christ our Lord. By growing in maturity in his word and in authentic and transparent relationship with his church. And... By reaching our community with the gospel. That is the vision that will help us accomplish our mission. Are you guys tracking? And for the whole month of January, we're going to unveil our vision. We're going to go step by step to see really clearly what our vision is here at Grace Bible Church as a family. How we're going to accomplish this together to achieve the purpose of reaching the loss. So we've entitled our series this month, We Are Grace. This is who we are. We are grace. And as long as we have the same vision, there'll be unity. As long as we have the same purpose, we'll be in the same direction together to accomplish what God has in store through his church, Grace Bible Church. Today we're going to look at how is it that we can glorify God. And we're going to look at three particular ways we can do that. And here are your sermon points, and we're going to go over it today. The first thing is I can glorify God by accepting his grace. That's how we can all glorify God is to accept his grace. To receive the gift that he gave you and me and anyone who puts their trust in Jesus Christ. That's the first thing we're going to look at. The second thing is I glorify God by knowing his promises we need to trust him. We need to know what his promises are. And by moving forward in his promises, we glorify God. And then the third thing we're going to see is, I glorify God with my actions. How we live is supposed to glorify God. Three things. Accepting his grace, knowing his promises, and moving on with our actions. A.K.A. It's an acronym. Can you guys remember that? When someone asks you, how do you glorify God, I hope that in your head, AKA, I'm tacky this way, but I want you to, to get it. Acknowledge his grace, know his promise, and live with your actions, AKA. Let's move forward. First thing, how do we glorify God? Is to accept his grace. This was what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse eight and nine. I hope you're familiar with these verses. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, he says. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works so that no one may boast. We glorify God by accepting his son Jesus Christ into our hearts. By accepting his grace. We need to acknowledge his grace. See, here's the deal. Religion teaches you that you have to be good enough to achieve his grace, to achieve salvation. And what Paul is saying, no, 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 it's a gift. A gift is given freely and all we need to do is receive that gift. When we put our trust that Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. That he hung on the cross, and then the third day, he rose again from the dead. When we believe in that, not just with our head, but with our heart, and our sins are forgiven, when we believe that, and at that moment, we become a child of God. At that moment, we receive the grace that comes through Jesus Christ as a gift. See, here at Grace Bible Church, we teach the gospel, the true gospel, faith alone in Christ alone, Period. There's nothing you and I could ever do that merit our salvation. It is not by works. Some churches preach that it's trust in Jesus Christ plus works. And what Paul, what we just read, says it's not a result of works, so that no one may boast. It is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ that receive that we receive salvation. But he goes on in verse 10 for. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are not saved by works. We are saved for good works. We receive Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit comes in us, and we start our sanctification. And we need to be dependent on his grace every day. See, a lot of us, I believe, this is what happens. We receive the grace of God. We become believers, but we stop depending on his grace. And the grace that he gives us is renewed every day, and we need to be dependent on that. What we start doing is we stop glorifying God and thanking him for his salvation and his grace. And we start glorifying ourselves, and we boast about our works, and not in the work that God did for you and for me. As a matter of fact, Paul writes about a situation that he is in as well, that he becomes maybe a bit prideful. And, and we read about this event in Paul's life. God raises up him up to heaven, and he sees a revelation that no one else has ever seen. He comes back down, and he has this thorn on his side. We don't know what that thorn is, but Paul says that he pleaded with God to remove this thorn, and God said, no, 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 you become too prideful. And he writes about that situation in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 10. Listen to Paul, what he says. So to keep me from being conceited, now that word conceited in Greek means to be puffed up with pride. As a matter of fact, it's to look down at someone else. Paul is saying, look, I am all this prideful, righteous person. Look what God did to me. I went up to heaven. You haven't. But Paul says, so to keep me from becoming conceited, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited, he says it again. Three times, he says, I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, now catch this, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, Paul says. Why? So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We are not strong in our works. We shouldn't take pride in anything we do. As a matter of fact, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Dependent on his grace every single day. But I look around, and I'm guilty of this. We boast in our own success. Look at my business. Look at how much money God has blessed me with. God doesn't bless you with money. He enables you, because of his grace, to be able to be productive, to make the money, to share in the community. We need to be dependent on him and not on our works, not on our status. And you know what happens quite often and I've seen it as well. We get very prideful and self-righteous. Look at me how many times I've read the Bible. Now don't misunderstand me. It is good that you read your Bible a thousand times or even more. It is good that you read over and over again, that you want to grow deeper into his word. But what happens in a lot of us is we get all this information, we pride ourselves up, and we look down on others who are not at the same level as we are. That's what was, I think was happening to Paul. And see, this book is not informational. This book is transformational. If you read your Bible a million times but you are not transformed, then the Bible reading that you did was useless. I love one. One story that I've shared before. I remember sitting with this young man. He had just become a believer and we're sitting at Starbucks and he tells me, look, pastor, I don't know the Bible. I don't know the Old Testament from the New Testament, but this is what I know. What I've read, it's changed my life. And I said, you got it. You got it. Whether you memorize verses or you can blat out scripture, again, we need to do that. But if you're just doing it to show how much you know, then it's worthless. It's transformation from the inside out. One of the goals that we have here at Grace Bible Church is to make disciples, for God to transform our hearts. 2021 is going to be a year of discipleship and prayer. Prayer and discipleship, hand in hand. We cannot do anything without God's grace, and we need to build disciples who make disciples, not just information, but transformation. That's how God is glorified. I'm going to be honest with you because I say time and time again, I'm just like you guys. I'm just a sinner in search of a savior. And I'm going to be very authentic. I've been struggling with this prideful thing this season. I ask God, God, why isn't anybody on fire like I am? How come anybody, I believe that nobody wants to come to church and praise and read the Bible and we're doing all these prayer things, who's going to follow along? And God has shown me, hey, it's up to me, God says. not up to you. Rely on my grace. And that's what I'm working on. And I'm alongside with you shoulder to shoulder to be dependent on His grace so that us as a church, starting with me, can glorify God. The second thing we're going to look at is we glorify God by knowing his promises what does that mean trusting him not only read his promises but believe what he says I love what Paul says in Romans chapter 4 verse 20 no unbelief made him waver concerning the promises of God but he grew strong in his faith how as he gave glory to God Paul is talking about Abraham you guys know who Abraham is right the father of the Israelite people. He's known as the father of faith, really. Now picture this, Abraham had it all, had all the sheep, all the goats, that means money in the Old Testament. He knew where he was at and God said, you know what? I want you to leave this land that you're so familiar with, that you're so comfortable with, and go to a land that I have promised you, that you don't know about a single thing. And what does Abraham do? He walks by faith. I trust you, I believe your promises. God tells Abraham, you're going to have a child at 100 and so. And so is your wife. And Abraham says, okay, I believe you. I believe in your promise. And how did he grow and grow in his faith? By glorifying God. Because every step he took by faith, it glorified God. Step by step, giving glory to God. During the season 2020, I have received so many texts, and I think a lot of you as well. Pray for me, pastor. My loved one has COVID. I have COVID. Pray for me. And we have been and we will continue to do so, but I love the way most people lend their texts. This is what they say. Let God's will be done. I trust him. That's beautiful. That's believing in his promises. That's moving forward. Knowing that he's in control. Whatever it is, it's up to him. And we walk by faith. That's how you glorify God. One of my favorite verses in John is John chapter 16, verse 33. And Jesus is talking to his apostles. And this is what he says. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, he says, I have overcome the world. The upper room, the last supper, Jesus just finished telling the apostles, I am going to be crucified. I'm going to die in a couple of hours, but I will resurrect like I've been telling you. All these horrible things are going to happen to me, but I tell you these things so you may have peace. Picture that, the apostles are saying, what? Yeah, it's going to be cool. And here's something else, you're going to have tribulations. I promise, he says, two promises we read. The first promise, you will have tribulation. You will have COVID. You will have disease. You will have financial crisis. You will have it all. When you become a Christian, it's not downhill. it becomes uphill, I believe becoming Christian, it's harder and harder. And that's what we're called. That's what Jesus is saying. You will have tribulation. But here's the second promise. Chill. I have overcome the world. I've taken care of it. My promises are true. And let's not look for his promises. Some of his promises are here, but he's talking about promises in eternity. Because one day there will be no more tears, no more fears, no more sin, no more death. That's the promise we look forward to. That's why we can walk by faith. That's how we can know his promises. Jesus has overcome the world at the cross. And we believe in that. We believe His promises that we become a child of God, that we are secure, that we cannot lose His salvation. Our salvation is a guarantee. We know His promise. We glorify Him, and we can walk our daily walk with the Lord. That glorifies God. The last thing we're going to look at is we glorify God by how we live. And this is so important. See, glorifying God doesn't mean just coming Sunday and raising up our hand and saying, God, you are good. Glorifying God means every single day we glorify God with what we do, everything we do. Several verses note this. John 15 8 says this by this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. How do people know that we are Christ's followers? By our fruits. How we act. What we do. And by this, God is glorified. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent so be pure and blameless for the day of christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through jesus christ to the glory and praise of god that we learn more and more about his word and that we be transformed and we love one another that we prioritize god above anything else and i mean anything else what we do with our time is what we prioritize. And with our actions, we show others who's number one in our hearts. But more importantly, we glorify God. First Corinthians chapter 10 says this, verse 31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all And I capitalized all for a purpose, to the glory of God. All, all, all means all. Wherever you're working at, wherever you're playing at, if you're watching TV, if you're doing whatever you're doing, you do all for the glory of God. Everything you do should point others to God. Everything we do should show our community whom we've trusted. That is Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So let me ask you are you glorifying God? Where are you at? Have you acknowledged His grace? Have you put your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you truly believed in your heart that He did what He did for the forgiveness of your sins? Have you acknowledged His grace? Do you know his promises? Do you truly believe in your heart that he is in control, that he is sovereign? Do you trust his word? Is everything you do glorify God? What are your posts like on Facebook? How do others see you? How are your relationships? Who have you not forgiven? What's holding you back from moving forward and living a life that is truly honoring and glorifying God? I asked you in the beginning to remember A-K-A, right, acknowledge, know, and act. See when we do these three things, when we glorify God by accepting His grace, A, accepting His grace. When we glorify God by knowing his promises, believing, trusting in him, and when we glorify God with our actions, walk by faith, AKA, we are truly Christians. What is that acronym, AKA? Also known as, right? Also known as. Let's be AKA this year. Also known as true Christians. See you and I, some of us, most of the churches, most of the believers are known as hypocrites. Why? Because we're not living out the way we're supposed to live. If we're true Christians, A.K.A., we need to glorify God. What would it look like if 2021, being a year of prayer, being in your disciple, we purposely did that. That was our mission. Starting with me, starting with you. How would that change your family? How would that change your community? How would it change Laredo? You know what our new year goal needs to be? The same thing that Grace Bible Church mission is. And our vision starts today. We start by glorifying God to achieve the mission, to share the gospel, so that others can receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I'm on board. Are you? Let's make 2021 the best year ever. Not because of our success, because we are going to glorify God more than ever as his church family. Let's pray. Father, I do give you praise and glory but let it not just be with my words, but with my actions. Let us step forward into 2021 in echoing the prayer of your Apostle Paul when he says to the church at Philippi, I'm gonna let go of the past and press forward, looking at the goal that you set in front. Let that be our prayer for 2021. Forgetting the past of who we were and things we didn't accomplish and looking forward on things that you will have us accomplish. But it can't be on our own. We need to depend on your grace. We need to live by your promises. And we need to show others who you are by our actions. That is the year that I am envisioning. That is the year that I want your church to have, to glorify you, to be united, and to praise you in the highs and the lows. I pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. I love you, church. Happy New Year.